everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We just thank you for being here and um, joining us today. Um, my special guest is Natalie. Natalie, I forgot to even ask how to say your last name, so I'm going to let you do that. Well, I had to ask how to say your last name for art interviews. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Becky Owen. Okay, so I would have really messed that up, so I'm glad I asked you anyways. And <laughs> so this is, um, this month we're focusing on stories, um, different stories of different families who homeschool children that struggle, and um, and Natalie has a very, um, a very good story to share with a lot of parents because it's something we don't talk about a lot, and that's fetal alcohol syndrome disorder and um, just adoptive parenting in general and some of the, the interesting things that come with that journey that do affect a child's ability to learn. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and just how they got into homeschooling. But I first want to thank our, our sponsor, Notgrass um, History, for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. And we'll hear more from them about halfway through our conversation. So, so Natalie, as we are getting started, I would just love for you to just tell us a little bit about you and your family and what made you consider homeschooling? Sure. So thank you again for having me, Peggy. Um, My uh, story um, is totally God's orchestration. Mm. There's no other way to explain my husband's and my journey into parenthood (laughs) than than God. Um, So we married uh, right out of um, undergraduate school. My husband and I met at East Carolina University. Um, When we met, I was shortly um, after I was diagnosed with endometriosis. I had it very severe. Um, when my husband and I started dating, I shared it with him and I shared mm-hmm. with him that I probably would not be able to conceive. And um, mm-hmm. his response was, um, well, I, I love you because you're you, not because you can give birth. And if, if you can't conceive, then we will, um, we will adopt. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we, we tried getting pregnant. It actually made me sicker. And I had a total abdominal hysterectomy when I was 28. Mm. and um had a uh you know had some time to my husband and I just had some time to for me to recover and rest and it was actually a huge blessing because I was able to get my health back which I hadn't had for a long time mm-hmm. so we adopted our son Nick who is now um he is almost 19 and um, we adopted him when he was two and a half weeks old he was okay. a domestic adoption he was considered um, special needs because he was born with quite a few medical conditions, okay. which at the time we did not realize it was related to his prenatal alcohol exposure or mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. FASD, which is right. fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he had a bunch of medical conditions and sensory kind of issues when he was young. He also had sleeping issues. And then when he was about two, uh, we learned that, um, well, we really were told um, <laughs> in a very nonchalant way by a pediatric neurologist that he had suspected that Nick had prenatal alcohol exposure. He had an FASD. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get an official diagnosis until Nick was almost 15. Um, even though my husband and I would bring it up to many doctors, Mm -hmm. um, we tried, uh, private school. We tried, uh, homeschool or excuse me, we tried public school, private Mm -hmm. school, a number of different educational types of environments. Some would work for a little bit, but 
really not mm-hmm. not often. Um, so uh, when Nick was about, I want to say he was in his just about uh, middle school years, just about to um, start middle school. Uh, we were told that um, you know by the school that he was at that um, he would need to be um, put into an encapsulated special ed program. Yeah, and mm-hmm. would have to, um, you know, say goodbye to his friends, and and he was going to get counseling for this. And my husband and I mm-hmm. prayed about this. This was at um, the last meeting we had with the school, and we just prayed. And I, we walked out of the room, and actually, this this teacher who had worked with Nick pulled us aside, um, mm-hmm. and she said, "Whatever you do, don't let him go in that program." And I really oh. felt like he was just mm-hmm. filled with the Holy Spirit and just was telling us, "You need to homeschool him." Right. We did. We started homeschooling, and that was that was in New York, actually, which is one of the wow. five toughest states it's, to homeschool. Yes, exactly. So it was like mm-hmm. I I didn't go to boot camp. I went to Navy SEAL camp in <laughs> homeschooling. <laughs> so, but it was actually a blessing because um, you know I learned a lot about you know documentation and mm-hmm. compliance, and I became like an HSLDA member right away. Yes, and, exactly. Um, so that was um, almost, that was actually, there was, yeah, seven and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started homeschooling and it was an accommodation for his FASD, which we, again, did not get the official diagnosis until he was 15. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, since I had stopped working, stayed home, we also adopted our daughter, Gianna, who is um, almost six. And her adoption story is very different than our son's. We actually knew her birth mother and, uh, you know, we, it was very open, open adoption. It still Mm -hmm. is. Um, Gigi is typically developing. She does have childhood absence epilepsy. So she has petite mal seizures. Um, Mm -hmm. They're actually from fevers and viruses, which since COVID she's had only one from her flu shot. So, um, you know, this has kind of been a silver lining that she's been able to hopefully strengthen her, her system. Right. Um, exactly. So we homeschool her for completely different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it, it's amazing how both of our homeschool journeys with our kids are, are so different. Uh, so we didn't get Nick's official diagnosis until he was 15 when mm-hmm. he was hospitalized. He actually had um, bipolar disorder, which mm. um, in Anyone diagnosed with an FASD, there's a 90%, um, 90% of them have a co-occurring mental health diagnosis. Yes. And yeah, what we know now, the reason why is because of how the brain is, is impacted by the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when he was in the hospital, that's when we learned of his FASD diagnosis. And that really changed our lives because mm-hmm. we went from seeing what we thought were behaviors, willful behaviors, things mm-hmm. like that to, or, or, you know, he, maybe he just doesn't want to remember something to, okay, he's got deficits in memory. He's mm-hmm. not able to carry out functions because of executive functioning skills. Right. And most, imp- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Executive functioning and, and, you know, the chronological age and the gap between, right. you know, chronological age is up here and, and developmental age is way mm-hmm. down here. That's a, it's a big hallmark in FASD. Yeah. Um, but most importantly, it shifted our mindset from not that he could, not that he wouldn't do something, but he couldn't do something. Mm-hmm. And once we made that shift in mindset and we it's learned huge. how to accommodate, mm-hmm. it is, it is so huge. And it really, 
it's, it's very much in alignment with grace-based parenting because mm-hmm. you really look at your child the way the Lord sees your child. And, and right. that, um, we really went from trying to focus on what he couldn't do to what he could do and what mm-hmm. his strengths were and, and yeah. supporting those. So, um, that's our journey in a nutshell. He finished homeschooling last year. Uh, he is a carpentry apprentice. We spent the last two years of his homeschool journey really looking at and focusing on carpentry. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, at first we had talked about having him go to a trade school, but for kids with FASD, trade school and vocational schools are really not a fantastic option because yeah. of the stimulation, the environment, and the mm-hmm. influence of, you know, things like smoking, vaping, things like that. So we did it the old fashioned way. We found, um, we, we, he's an apprentice, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like they did hundreds of years ago where right. he's been shadowing, um, his current teacher for two years now. And even though his homeschool journey is over, He's still apprenticing and, and probably will be for a long time. So that's awesome. Yeah. 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 Cause it takes a little longer and that's, yes. that's just fine. So yes. And, and that's a huge, uh, another thing. Um, thank you for bringing that up that mm-hmm. kids with FASD, um, they really learn at their own pace, you know, and you really developmentally don't know where they're going to land until they're about mid to late twenties. Yeah. So it's yeah. a long journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think it's important for parents to understand that if you're homeschooling, project out further for yes. these children because it's going to set them up in a place for success yes. versus you're done, you're 18, now you should be able to do it all. I, I love what you said, Natalie, you know, we, we just, um, we teach them where he's at in that yeah. gap. That gap continues to grow, you know, it, or the gap doesn't grow, but it, it, it continues to progress upwards, yes. even though the gap is still there. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's an important thing to remember. So, you know, as you, you talk about your story and, um, I'm sure there were some influences in your life what, as far as, you know, homeschooling, as well as FASD, what would you say is the best advice you've received over your years? So, um, Honestly, for me, the best advice I've received is from other homeschool moms, other homeschool parents who have kids with FASD or with brain-based diagnoses. Honestly, they've been the best. Um, A a fabulous resource um, who I actually interviewed for our podcast and I've become to know is... um, Your website, too. Sure. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Uh Um, Kathy Cool of LearnDifferently.com. Yeah, she's she, on my board. Oh, uh-huh. she's wonderful. And actually her book, so um, almost eight years ago, um, Homeschooling Your Struggling Learner mm-hmm. was um, basically she wrote the book on homeschooling for, for special ed. So right. that was a wonderful resource. I read that like cover to cover when we first started <laughs> homeschooling. I have to say that, um, again, support from parents who are other special needs homeschoolers really mm-hmm. was helpful. And then finally, um, my faith. Our faith has just exponentially grown. Our walk with the Lord really has just, mm-hmm. we've really learned. Um, I think what, honestly, I think what the enemy used to try to break our family actually strengthened our family mm-hmm. because, you know, my husband and I formed FASD Hope. Our son um, really is, it's, it never ends. FASD is a lifelong disability. 
However, with accommodations, with support, exactly. and with and with mm-hmm. grace, especially with grace, mm-hmm. you can really help your child to to you know be the best that they can be. Um, mm-hmm. For us, one of the things we did too is you have to think of homeschooling out of the box and yes. think of life out of the box. Mm-hmm. We went from a lovely suburb. Um, just south of Raleigh, uh, three years ago, we moved out into farm country. We live mm-hmm. out in the middle off of a farm access road, but it's perfect for our family. Our son has mm-hmm. his own little apartment above the garage. We're actually yeah. converting mm-hmm. uh, one of our detached workshops to a tiny house for him. So yeah. if he doesn't mm-hmm. ever leave, he's he's mm-hmm. got his own place, but he still has the interdependence of mom and dad. Right. Um, yep. And so I, I really have to say that when you are a homeschooler of a child or an, a teen with an FASD, mm-hmm. it's not going to be like everybody else's journey. And that's okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's really important um, to remember. Yeah. And, and the days that you feel like you can't go on, just give it to the Lord. Honestly, there were mm-hmm. so many days where I would tell my husband, okay, that's it. You know, he's going to do this anymore. And I would just pray and just give it to the Lord. And I would wake up and it was a new day. And, you know, maybe what we were contending with um, wasn't there, but I had a different perspective about it. Right. Yeah. And I've seen my parents with my adopted siblings that have FASD. They've they've moved them in and out to the school system just because of various medical issues with my parents. And um, they always say afterwards, I wish we wouldn't have done that. Um, and so, you know, you do have to push through those days. And God will provide. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But, yeah. um, but that protect, protective environment really is important. It is. It is. And the other thing, too, is I really, for so many years before his official diagnosis, I prayed for change in him, you know, that he would mm. listen and he would follow and obey and everything. And once he had that hospitalization and once we just made that total realization what mm-hmm. he had, I prayed for change in me. And I mm. think that that's really as a parent of a child with a brain-based diagnosis, mm-hmm. that's where you need to pray for the changes in yourself right. because the Lord, you know, this is the child the Lord gave you and he mm-hmm. trusted you to, to, you know, be blessed to parent this child. Mm-hmm. So um, I really feel like the Lord trusted my husband and I to find Nick's gifts. And mm-hmm. that's where I think um, homeschooling, you can do that journey because mm-hmm. you can learn what they like and help them, you know, foster that development. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, that's very good wisdom. <laughs> it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, usually that's how it forms, isn't it? That's right. That's <laughs> Lots right. of trial and error. That's so, right. Um, we're going to take a break and hear from our sponsor, and then I'll have Natalie back, and we're going to continue our conversation. So, um, so I just want to thank Notgrass History for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Um, Notgrass History helps families like yours succeed at homeschooling. Students enjoy learning, and parents feel confident teaching. Notgrass History curriculum uses narratives, lessons, primary source documents, um, historical novels and biographies and hands-on activities to create engaging learning experiences for children of all ages and abilities. Your family can study U.S. history, world history, geography, government, civics, and even economics. 
Um, Notgrass History helps history learners become history makers. You can visit them at notgrass, N-O-T-G-R-A-S-S dot com to learn more today. And I'm really excited to let you know that we are going to be doing some um, reviews, unboxings, video reviews of a variety of different of the Notgrass History products coming out soon. If you want to just keep watching our, our um, YouTube channel, subscribe so that you see those come out. And um, that'll be within the next month or two. And if you want to join our review crew, you can also join that um, by looking at any of our review videos. You'll find the application for that. So thank you, Notgrass History. And I'm going to bring Natalie back. And we are going to continue this conversation of um, just homeschooling a child with FASD. And so, you know... We all have challenges, you know, our children have challenges, we have challenges in our in our homeschooling journey. And I was just wondering, you know, how, what, what is maybe one thing that sticks out to you as far as a challenge that you faced and, and how did you overcome that? So um, I think one of the biggest challenges that we faced and continue to face actually is because of the way alcohol affects an unborn child, it crosses the limbic system and it affects the memory. Mm -hmm. So there were many days and there still are where our son could remember something and then there were days he couldn't. So mm -hmm. inconsistent memory or poor working memory. So that was a big, I, I would say probably the biggest challenge for us. And the way we kind of got around it was honestly, mm -hmm. we just improvised and said, okay, we're just not going to do that today. We're going to shift <laughs> to what your mind could do. And if That's you think awesome. if mm -hmm. you think of FASD as prenatal brain injury, you know, when you have someone who has a TBI who has a brain injury as a, as a result of a concussion or lived experience, mm -hmm. you make adjustments and you know that there are going to be memory, you know, deficits or right. you know, memory um, damage. Mm -hmm. It's the same with FASD. It's it's mm -hmm. prenatal brain injury in an unborn child. So when we started saying, okay, we're going to, it's almost like the movie Groundhog Day where it's like some days it's like, you know, the same thing uh -huh. every day. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> it, it's really that. So we found things that we knew he could still remember. Like, mm. um, for example, he works with his hands. He, he's a carpentry apprentice. Um, mm -hmm. That never, he never, that is just like um, a skill that his memory just doesn't, is not affected by. So, oh, you know, mm -hmm. if you give him a tape measure, you know, he may not be able to remember like a, a fraction sentence or a fraction mm -hmm. equation, but he can measure out something to like, you know, the 16, 30 second of an inch, you know, wow. and, uh -huh. and, you know, calculate that. So I think um, just, again, building on those strengths, you know, mm -hmm. instead of saying, okay, he can't remember this saying, okay, what can he do? That's um, great. You know, yeah. and, and that really helped us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's important because yeah, you you can really beat your head against the wall. Oh my goodness! You know, and 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 blame yourself, thinking that I didn't teach him the right way, and and yet it it really is that that way that brain works, and mm -hmm. to just take one day at a time and be really flexible. I love that advice. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you know. As we come into homeschooling, a lot of moms <laughs> will say, you know, this is this is what I expected homeschooling to look like. <laughs> um, what 
what kind of ideas did you come in with and realize that they were um, maybe very large misconceptions that oh, you had to get, get over? And then how did you just release those? Because, you know, I think a lot of people starting out, they it's it's a process of giving up these visions and these ideas of what homeschooling is going to look like and um, making it unique. Like you had said, yeah. our, our journey in your homeschool looks very different than other people's. <laughs> I, I even think there's almost like you have to allow yourself a, like a mourning period because yes. for me, I was like, so oh, we're mm-hmm. going to have this lovely little homeschool room and we're going to do this and have <laughs> curriculum and do this. And, and, right. and when I, that, that's what I went into it thinking. Mm-hmm. And when I realized, Ooh, that's not it. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> then, um, again, a lot of it was just giving it to the Lord and saying, mm-hmm. okay, how do you want this to look like? Right. And for us, I never thought it would be a trade, but it was a trade for our son. And, yeah. it, and again, but, it, you know, and I thought, okay, we'll trade. Maybe let's try trade school. Nope. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like, you know, one-on-one trade. So honestly, um, just you, you go into homeschooling, I think, with these, you know, preconceived notions, um, right. just like a lot of things in life. And I really feel like just stepping back and um, letting your child like show you how they learn best and show you what environment they learn, you know, best in. Um, I learned like quickly, um, for example, in, in the earlier years of our homeschooling that he could do, you know, math facts while on a trampoline or he could recite spelling words while riding his scooter. So we right. really incorporated things like sensory type of activities into yeah. learning because mm-hmm. that helped his brain. Right. Um, so the other thing I think I would recommend too is just letting go of that. Um, it's going to look like school at home. It's going to look like a, a box curriculum or anything. Right. Exactly. It's, it's wonderful for many people, awesome. but for, for kids with FASD, it's really individualized. It's mm-hmm. really just mm-hmm. how your child learns best. So, um, and then again, just praying about it, uh, you know, I just so many times I just prayed that, um, just for discernment. And I feel mm-hmm. like, again, what I learned was all about myself and how I needed to, ch- to change those notions. Mm-hmm. And, um, I see myself, you know, our daughter is, is almost six and we've been homeschooling her since last year. And I see myself kind of sometimes creep into that. Oh, she should be doing this and she should be doing that. And I'm like, nope. I need to just mm-hmm. let her be, you know, the, the, the beautiful little girl, you know, God made her. And, and when I do that, then I see her gifts and I see where mm-hmm. I can support her more. That's so, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it, it's a challenge. It mm-hmm. is. But, um, but it's also a blessing. Exactly. To, to be able to step back and, and not push them forward, but yes. to come in from this supportive role from behind and, yes. and to help them on their own journey. That's, that really is, it, it's a beautiful way to, to homeschool, but I think we have to get ourselves out of the way to do that. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So as we're wrapping up, I'd love for you to talk about FASD hope, um, but also just encouraging last words for parents who are homeschooling and, or, have children on the fetal alcohol syndrome, you know, that, that on that, um, diagnoses and, or even as adoptive parent, what, um, what you just want to share. So I'll bring up your, your website. It's fasdhope.com. 
So I'll just let you go with that. <laughs> Thank you. So um, my husband and I founded FASD Hope um, with the mission. We consider it a ministry. Um, we have um, kind of three goals in our mission. The first is to bring awareness about FASD and what it is and educate people about what it is. It's the most prevalent developmental disability in the Western world. Um, you know, it affects approximately one in 20 children and, um, there it's lifelong brain damage. Alcohol is the worst substance that can be exposed to an unborn child. And people just don't realize that. So the first concept is to bring awareness. The second is to, to provide resources. We do that through our weekly podcast. We do that through our website. Um, and then finally, to bring our faith and hope into it. You know, you don't often hear FASD and hope together. And we wanted to change that conversation. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we don't sugarcoat things. You know, we tell things the way they are, but we mm -hmm. also tell things with our perspective of faith. Um, so um, I would have to say that um, for parents out there who need encouragement, mm -hmm. um, just remember, and it's it's very hard to do sometimes when we get up caught up in, in the world and the way the world sees our children. Yeah. We need to see our children the way God sees our children, the way mm -hmm. he made them. You know, um, they think differently. They operate. They are in the world in a different manner. Mm -hmm. But it's actually a beautiful manner. I, I think of our children as as the kids that Christ would have ministered to and would have yeah. gone to because they teach us, mm -hmm. you know, and just mm -hmm. like in the Bible, so many instances of, of where Christ goes to these people that everybody else was like, why, why is this right. happening? Mm -hmm. If we can put on those, um, those lenses of, we need to look at our children with, with grace and mm -hmm. with hope. Um, so, and, and your homeschooling journey will let you do that. That is yes. the most beautiful thing about homeschooling is that you can do that through homeschooling mm -hmm. and it may change year to year or even month to month, but that's, <laughs> exactly. that's okay. Mm -hmm. That is okay. And then just finally, it doesn't end. You know, we, my husband and I anticipate our son being with us for the long haul, which is why we moved to the country and we're, you know, making this tiny house. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's okay too. That's okay too. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I really, even, you know, and, I, but again, I'm not perfect. There are many days where I'm just like, <laughs> like you said, banging my head against the wall going, uh -huh. how am I going to do this? And on those days, it's when I find I really need to give it the most to the Lord and say, okay, God, I can't do this, you know, please. And then again, I, you know, it's usually at night when I go to bed and I'm, I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying on something and then I wake up and it, it's like the Lord just says, here you go. And mm -hmm. I'm just very thankful. I consider, you know, it's funny. Um, there's like a very cliche, um, you know, when you tell people you have children who are adopted, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, when they say, oh, they're so lucky, I think that's a total misnomer. I think mm -hmm. we are the blessed, you know, mm -hmm. parents. Our, our children are gifts. Yes. You know, our pastor mm -hmm. says that um, having a child biologically is natural, but adoption is supernatural. It's from mm. the Lord. And I, I yeah. 100% agree with that. 
That's wonderful. I love that. And such good advice because there are hard days. I know I had three toddlers all with FASD at my house for a year and a half um, when we were doing foster care. And it it definitely tests you in many ways. <laughs> and um, but um, yeah, grace and and just learning one day at a time and changing yourself. I think those are some good good summaries to pull away from from what you've had to share and 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 really I, I think you know you really hit it on the head homeschooling allows you that environment to do that because you're not battling with other environments that um, are not working in that direction and I think all of our efforts sometimes get put into you know fighting with the, the counselors and the teachers and um, and all these other things going on when, when our children just need that place to blossom and get rooted and grow. And, I'm, and you've, you've already seen that starting to happen with your son, and I'm excited for you and, you. Um, and all that you have ahead with your daughter. Yes. And, <laughs> and so <laughs> you're continuing this journey. And, um, and like you said, it's different now for her. And um, I think that's a good thing for parents to know, too, is that, you know, you have one child and you think, okay, I got this down. <laughs> I'm going to be able to homeschool now. No. <laughs> Even if you have children biologically, that doesn't work. Exactly. Um, and so, so yeah, some really good takeaways. So I just want to thank you, Natalie, for, for sharing and um, all the wisdom that you have brought um, to this discussion that we've had. And definitely check out um, Natalie's resources at FASDHope.com. And um I also want to thank Knotgrass History for um, for sponsoring this episode of Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Definitely check them out at knotgrass.com as well. So, um, so thanks again, Natalie. I appreciate thank the conversation. You, this was a lot thank of fun. You. And um, thank you all for joining us. And we'll see you next time uh, right here on Empowering Homeschool Conversations. Bye, everyone. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.